0: Some of you all just need to get some soul, like, loosen up, man. It's got from down in your gut, you know, it's the hats, anointed, pray over this hat. Hey, turn to Ephesians 3.20, Ephesians 3.20, and we're in a series called Rumors, where we, um, where we, I'm just going to throw that in there every once in a while, just to mess with you. Uh, we're in a series called Rumors and, and the song actually is purposeful. We, we kind of delayed starting this song, singing the song uh, because it's based upon uh, this prayer. This series that we're in is based upon a prayer from a guy named Habakkuk. And some of y'all getting some ideas for your next child already. Habakkuk. And, uh, and, and this guy was a prophet. Uh, which just simply meant he spoke to God for people and spoke to people for God. This is before the New Covenant, which you might call the New Testament. It's before Jesus had made a way in a new way for people. And, and so here's Habakkuk, and he's, he's, he's frustrated. In fact, the whole book of Habakkuk is not about him preaching or te- teaching people or telling people what God's saying. He's actually uh, just talking to God. That's all of Habakkuk, three chapters, all talking about or showing us Habakkuk's conversation with God. And the first two chapters are not good chapters. The first two chapters are really Habakkuk and God going back and forth on what was about to happen to the Israelite people. They had been rebellious, they had not obeyed, and God, as a father would, is disciplining them, and he's a little frustrated by it, a little discouraged by it, understands that it probably has to happen, but isn't necessarily enjoying the idea that it will. And so for two chapters, we see Habakkuk frustrated and discouraged and mad, and then in Habakkuk three, things kind of turn a little bit. All of a sudden, Habakkuk begins to pray. How many of you know it's a good idea when you're frustrated to pray? It's interesting to me that Habakkuk was talking with God and then he began to pray. I think that sometimes we make, well anyways, so here's Habakkuk and he begins to pray and what I think we tend to do is, is get frustrated with God and then we have this option, we have this choice because the very first verse of Habakkuk 3 says that God I've heard of all the things you've done, everything you did for my ancestors I've heard about it and it's incredible and it's amazing and I'm in awe and I'm blown away and he is he's just, he's just so impressed by what God has done. But I think there's actually a moment right after that statement, where he knows what's about to happen to his people, and he also knows what God has done for people prior, right? And he has an option. He has a decision to make as to whether or not he's going to be okay with the fact that things are about to happen. It's the hat. It's anointed. (laughs) He's trying to decide if he's going to... We're switching mics. Here we go. Seamless. Talked about it, which sort of makes it not as seamless. Okay. So we, we, we have this decision to make, because Habakkuk is talking about what God's about to do, which is a little bit frustrating, a little like I'm not sure about. Then he reminds himself about what God had done for other people, which, how many of you know, sometimes that actually isn't encouraging? Anybody? Am I the only? Okay. Sometimes we go, God did that for somebody, and then we get upset. And he has a decision to make between that verse and the next one. In the next verse, he simply says this. He says, do among us what you did among them, and in your justice, show us mercy. Do among us what you did among them. See, and we said this last week, we do not, we do not, we do not criticize what God is doing in others. We champion it. Because if God is doing in others, it means he can do it in me. See, some of us are frustrated by the fact that God is working on others' behalf. All that is, is a testimony to the fact that he can work on your behalf. Now, it might not be at the same time. Usually, the issue is not whether or not God can work for you, or God can do something in you. It's just that you're upset he's doing it in them first. (laughs) Sounds like it's Mother's Day. It sounds like some of the kids, right? But I wanted, I know, I'm, I'm getting there, just... Hang on a second. And we just got to stay faithful and keep our eyes fixed upon who? Jesus, because he's the author, the beginner, the one who writes it, and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So there is no place where our faith can exist without Jesus. So we must keep our eyes fixed upon him. If he can do it with them, he can do it in me. And we said this last week, and I just want to make sure you understand this is the heartbeat of our church, because the desire of our church is that we would see people fully alive, United and made in Christ. And united is a big part for me. It's the word community. Community is not just a nice friendship. It's a unity that goes beyond even our own comfort. Community means that we carry each other. And so what he says is, what does he say? He says, do among what? Us. He doesn't pray, do among me. He says, do among us. And what is the Lord's Prayer? Give us, give, give who? Give us this daily Bread. It's interesting how so many times we can take the Bible and make it about me when it's really about us. So do among us. So in fact, one of the best ways for you to find how God's going to work in your life is by making sure he's working in somebody else's. See, anxiety comes when we're so focused on our return and not someone else's we get anxious when we we are so obsessed with us that it's all about us and if it's not working for us we get super anxious. But if we're worried about other people and we're blessing other people and we're serving other people, all of a sudden some of that anxiety begins to move. There's a little, there maybe there's some pressure, like I'm going to make this happen. But the anxiety is different. The way your heart feels is different. The way you look at life is different. It's the same reason that Jesus, when he goes to take Lazarus out of the grave, he doesn't say, I'm going to move the stone. He asks some other people to move the stone. You want to see a miracle happen, make it happen for somebody else. Move a stone out of the way so that when Jesus calls them out, they can walk out. And then you go, I was part of that. And then you can go, oh, he did that for him. He can do that for me. Yeah. So that's the basis of this series, that we, would want, we want to see the rumors of what God has done that seem a little bit maybe not totally possible. The things that we've read about or heard about or seen from some other people, we go, man, I'm not sure about that. The rumors we've seen in someone else's life, we want to see them become reality in our own. Yeah. And that's the hope of this series. And today, what I want to do is spend some time just expanding. And maybe expanding is not even the right word. I, I want, here's what I would hope for you today. And you can even, this is maybe the title of the message. Here's what I want you to do today. I don't want you to dream bigger today. I don't want you to pray bigger today. I don't, want, I don't want you to think bigger today. Here's what I really want you to do. And I think this is, it might be splitting hairs to you, but it's important. I want you to dream higher. I want you to think higher. I want you to pray higher i'm going to explain that but i want you to dream higher not bigger because some of us have moved from dream to big dream to big dream to big dream yeah. you know to get momentum you know what you need to do go to the top so you can start going down like you don't get to the you don't start at the bottom to build momentum if you go on skiing, well you don't, you don't start at the bottom where do you start at the top. You don't need to think bigger about the mountain. You don't need to think bigger about your skis. You don't need to think bigger about your equipment. You don't need to think bigger about your skill level. You know what you need to do? You need to go higher. For us to get momentum in our life, it's not that we need to dream bigger or think bigger. It's that we need to think from heaven first so that we can see heaven on earth. If we start with earth, we ain't getting any momentum. We're going to get frustrated. We need to get into the message because I'm already preaching. I haven't even read the verse yet, and y'all are going, I'm not even sure that's biblical. Okay. (laughs) Ephesians 3, and I actually, I, I'm going to read it out of the uh, Holman Christian Standard. By the way, I want to just give a shout out to our dinner party leaders. Uh, man, if you want to get involved, get into a dinner party. We've got a few happening, and uh, Steve and Linda have been running those. It's so awesome. And, uh, and, and really, that's the lifeblood of our church. Uh, but what, the reason I wanted to bring it up is yesterday they had a meeting with about 10 uh, dinner party leaders yesterday, and, uh, and they are so excited about what God's, we've, we're already talking about a couple of new dinner parties launching possibly in September in the Fort Worth area which I'm super excited about. And i gonna just tell you, if you think dinner, leading a dinner party is hard, it's not a promise. Uh, we're, we've given you some really easy steps to get involved with that, so i want to encourage you. It's not too late to be part of uh, God being on every street and in every heart because that's our vision. All right, Ephesians 3, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14. We're going to start in verse 14. We're going to hang out in verse 20, but we're going to start in verse 14. It says this, for this reason, this is Paul talking, for this reason, reason now it's important i don't want you to ever think i'm just plucking verses out of the bible and using them out of context Paul's about to pray a prayer, and he says, for this reason, and in fact, you can go back a few verses, the first verse of Ephesians 3, he starts with the exact same phrase, for this reason. Paul is kind of known to get on a tangent about something. Uh, he uses these long sentences that you were told are not allowed in school, um, and he uses them like crazy, and I, I'm sure translators are trying to figure out where the period should go in the comma, and because how many of you know that matters, those of you who text message all the time with no commas, no periods, no exclamation points, no apostrophes, no nothing. And I don't have any clue what you were trying to say to me. So just stop it. Um, but here he is, and he's writing this for this reason. Now, he, what is this reason? For this reason. That's kind of one of those therefore type words. Like, you need to know he's praying this for a reason. Well, what's the reason? Well, in Ephesians 2, and really all of Ephesians, Ephesians, um, if you've ever read Ephesians, if you haven't, it's fine. But if you've ever read Ephesians, there's a couple verses in there that, that can kind of get a bit twisted out of context. You know, things like you've been predestined. and You, you can get really kind of out of what well, Ephesians, Ephesians ultimately is about this, that Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has united the Jews and the Gentiles. So when you read Ephesians, again, we love to personalize it, but it's corporate. And so what he's writing in Ephesians, he's saying to you, he's saying that the mystery is that he was able to bring these people who were not called for thousands of years, and these people, the Jews, who have been called, and bring them together into one body That's why he said those who were far have come near and those who were already near. Who would that be? The Jews, those who had already been chosen, are also brought near and they are now being put together brick by brick by brick to be a place where God dwells, because he dwells in diversity. He dwells in a unity that's found only and strengthened by diversity. And so here he is talking about for this reason, and he's really, the first couple chapters, just talking about the mystery of God and the amazing thing that Jesus has done. And I just want to read a couple verses. They won't be on the screen, but these are just a couple verses I grabbed from Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though We were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. Oh, you can amen that. I know I'm not preaching it, but you can amen the Bible, just so you you know. Because that's better than anything I'll ever say. For we are his creation, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared ahead of time, so that we should walk in them. But now in Christ, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So then you are no longer, this is a great one, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's house. So again, there you see it again. He's saying that those of you who thought you weren't chosen, you're chosen. Those of you who thought you weren't part of this, you're part of this. Those of you who thought you weren't called, you're called. You are part of the mystery of Christ, that he was able to bring together all sorts of people into one place. Verse 20, you also are being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. You also, again, another word that denotes that there are other people outside of the people who are already being built together. And so he's... He says this stuff, and then in Ephesians 3, he, this is where he gets off on a little tangent. He begins to talk about himself, not in an uh, arrogant way, not in an overly confident way. He's talking about it, actually saying, why in the world did God use me? Can you believe God used me to share this message of grace, this message of love and mercy and truth? This God used me. So here he is talking about this incredible thing God had done. We don't always think about it this way, but man, for the Jews to be able to accept the Gentiles was a major major that was life changing life shattering for some that was that was big talk and so for Paul to be talking through this was big and then he begins to talk about himself says I can't even believe God is doing this and so then he says all right I caught you up then he says for this reason so because of God doing all this stuff and because he's used somebody like me, a nobody like me. Actually, not even a nobody. A guy that was really big in his area and really changed my life forever. I was trying to shut down the church. Now I'm the biggest proponent of the church. And and, and I cannot believe God. So for this reason, because God is so good, because he's so great, and because he's so loving, and because he's so unifying. God should unify us more than divide us, okay? Man, if we're divided because of what we believe about God, we are majoring on the wrong thing. And Jesus is a unified he brings us together in Christ. So that's why we make every effort to dwell in unity of spirit. And so here he is talking about this incredible stuff. And then he goes, for this reason. So now you know why he's praying. For this reason. It says, for this reason. Let me go back to the verse. All right. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Just means the one who created all things. Okay, I pray that he may, this is the prayer. Now, this, these, here's a group of people reading this for the first time. I want you to think about that. This, these are guys that, this isn't like they've been in church a few times, and they're, they're reading this for the first time from Paul. Paul is, they, they've been working at this faith thing. They've been trying to figure it out. Paul's already done some work there. They've had others do some work there. And, and so they're working some things out, and Paul's writing this letter. And here they are reading this, and he's writing to them a prayer. I think that's pretty cool. Well, they didn't have phone or text messaging. I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory. Listen to this. According. Uh, what time is it? We got to. Okay, okay. We got to hurry. According to the riches. This is a proportional statement, not a portion. Okay, he's not giving you a portion of himself. He's giving you something to the proportion of who he is and what he has. It's a relative term. So what, what I mean is, He has a, he got, if I had a million dollars and I gave you a dollar, that's a portion of what I have. If I have a million dollars and I give you 500 grand, that's proportional to what I have. Are you with me? So, God is saying, so Paul's praying this prayer that says, man, I, I, I guarantee that according to his riches, the glory of his, man, I'm praying that according to his riches, he would give you. I pray according to his, not to yours, not to somebody else's, not just a portion of what he has, but according to the riches that he has, I pray that he would do this. Are you ready? to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, there you go again, it's not a singular thing, it's a corporate thing, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses Knowledge, so you may be filled. Listen, this is a big statement. So that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, you know, that's a big prayer. That's a big prayer that you would be strengthened on the inside because I mean, you know, that is the biggest deal for you. It is not the outward stuff that is causing you so much trouble and, and, and challenge and issues. You make it about the outward stuff and then you never can fix it because the outward stuff isn't really up to you anyways. So so you, you're looking at all that strengthened on the inner man god is about he is not he is not about your surroundings he's about your soul he is about what's going on on the inner part of you strengthen in the inner man that you would be rooted in his love that you would with all the saints comprehend his love and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. And the next part that comes, Ephesians 3 verse 20, is something that's to be repeated. It's actually what they would call one of Paul's doxologies. It would, it would be liturgical. And again, that's not a word that helped explain. Doxology, you're like, you're great. Um, uh, Sweet. So yeah, I got it. Thanks. Um, it really just simply means this, and, and there's probably a bigger definition to it, but it's really a guide or something that gives us reference so so we could pray it, speak it, and believe it so that we could repeat it, that we wouldn't forget it. And so what we're about to read is meant to be something that we do not forget, that we do not let go of, and that actually becomes something we repeat on a regular basis. Okay? So you are allowed to take this one and write it on a cue card or whatever you want, put it on your phone, and and, and repeat it every single day. You're allowed to, this this is, well, you can do that with all the Bible, just so you know. But this is a good one to use. And so Paul says this. He says, now to him who is able, everybody say able, who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church, the church, that's again a plural term, in the church and in Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able. Now to him. So he prays this big prayer, right? He says this massive prayer. And then just in case people were starting to think it was about them, he goes, now to him. Because everything I just talked about, the mystery of God, all the things that I've said, all the things that I've spoken about, all the grace he's given me, all that kind of stuff. And this big prayer I just prayed, I need you to understand, none of that happens if we don't go now to him. If we don't go now to him, then none of those things matter. None of those things are effectual. None of those things will actually do what they're meant to do. I need you to go now to him. Because now to him, now to him who is, everybody say is, is able. Some of the biggest words in the Bible are two letters in Christ, is able. Man, I'm telling you, some of the, we need to know that He is, right now, currently, in this present moment, He is able. See, the thing about God, you need to know, and we need to walk in, and we need to really believe, is that it is not just that He's a big God, but He's a good God. So that He's not just a God who is able, He's a God who is willing, so he is God, our Father. So he's God who is able and he's our Father who is willing because no good gift comes without the Father having given it. So, so here we are, now to him who is able. Now I want to focus on, I told you, what I really want you to do today is believe higher, to think higher. And maybe a better way to say it, maybe for you right now, the best way to hear it is to dream different. I want to read this in the Amplified Translation, and I have it on the, I'll have it on the screen, I believe, but uh, the Amplified Translation is the one that my mom always read. Happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. Love you. Um, they, she, uh, she always reads the Amplified Translation. so why it always took her so long to read the Bible, but it takes a little while. And, uh, and I just remember, I, I, and she didn't even get the nice one. She's got the hardback that's got the weird design on it and everything. And, and, uh, and the Amplified Translation says that second part of Ephesians 3.20 says it like this. To do super abundantly, far, over, and above. Everybody say over, over. and above. Over. Okay, some other translations would say above and beyond. Okay? Now here's why. Because I think God, what God wants to do with you is higher than you think and goes further than you think. It's not bigger, and again, I I know I'm splitting it. It's not bigger or more necessarily. There is the more is in the Bible, so but I, I really want us to catch this and get this that really where our dreams and our prayers and our thoughts should start and where they should dwell and where they should hang out is higher and further. That what God wants to do with you is actually higher and it's further. It's not about expanding ourselves. It's about going higher so that heaven can be expanded on earth. And, and maybe, just maybe, your dream is not just for now. It's for ever. Maybe what God wants to do with you is not just for today, but it also for tomorrow. How many of you know? I, listen, I, I was read, reading this book that's it's called uh, May, What If We Got It All Wrong, I believe is what it's called. Not, not a Christian book, but the whole premise of the book is what if everything we think right now isn't true? Because I don't know if you know this, but history's played out pretty well. That everything we think is right isn't. Like, y'all, we thought the world was flat for a long time. Some people still do. Okay? Uh, we, we, we think, th- listen, and, and, and then we thought gravity was, th- and, and the, the idea here, the point I'm trying to make is that we tend to live our lives as though we have achieved all that we need to achieve in terms of our knowledge. We know everything. We got it all. We get it. Again, happy Mother's Day to those of you who have teenagers, right? We think we know it all. We think we get it all but 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 what if we've got it wrong and 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 why do we why do we need to because maybe god wants to do something in you that's going to last beyond you it's it's like the book moby dick did you know that dude died depressed frustrated angry because the one thing he wrote and poured his life into was torn up by critics people didn't think it was anything it didn't sell it was terrible and he died thinking it was unsuccessful do you know what book is taught as the standard for literature today Moby Dick. So I'm just saying, we get things wrong sometimes, and maybe what God wants to do in you, you will never see. I mean, that's what Hebrews 11 says, isn't it? That these guys did all these incredible things, and they still didn't get to see everything they were called to. We'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. But here's, here's higher and further, above and beyond. Let's keep reading the Amplified. Far over and above all that we dare. Hmm. All that we dare. Have you ever gone to God going, hmm. I don't know if I should say that. Somebody dare me so I can feel better about asking what I'm about to ask. I I think our prayer life, every once in a while, should feel like we're daring God. Right? Like we should go, God, can you do this? I dare you. I, I don't know. I just think that's cool. Ask or think. All that we ask or think. I love that it goes beyond asking Although we ask or think, now listen, listen to the way the Amplified says this, and it's there already, and you've already read it. And, Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Infinitely beyond our highest thoughts. I don't know how often you think your highest thoughts but God wants to do infinitely beyond your highest thoughts, your highest prayers. How I many of you pray some high prayer? I think sometimes we pray like some medium-sized prayers and some, like, some small prayers. And nowadays, you know, like medium is bigger than what it used to be. And we, you know, like, but high, like as high as you can pray, as high as you can think, as high as you can dream, God can do even more, infinitely more than you ask or think higher and, and, and I don't know, maybe you have a dream. You ever had a dream? And I don't mean like at nighttime dream. We haven't had one of those in a year. Our, our boy just turned. In fact, this week, he's sleeping through the night. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, happy Mother's Day. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, uh, but but I, it's not, I'm not talking about dream at night thing. I'm talking about dream for your life thing. You ever had a dream for your life? A dream for how things would turn out? A dream for how things would go? A dream how things would look? Where do you go when you actually shut off your phone? See, some of you aren't dreaming because you're too distracted. You need to shut some things off. Okay? It's not that God doesn't have a dream for you, it's just that you don't give Him enough time to tell you. Just put this stuff down. And, 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 and this dream, and so here, here I, listen, we. I mean, maybe you got a dream. Maybe Maybe you've had one of those. I don't know where your mind goes when you shut everything off and you close your eyes and you go into bed. I don't know where your mind goes. But. But I want you to dream. And here's the challenge, and here's why I'm talking about this, and here's why I want you to hear this. It's why I wanted to read this verse. It's not so that I could tell you just pray anything and everything, and it's all going to happen. And don't. It's not. I want, I want us to have a higher dream. And here's, here's why I find that those who believe in Jesus, those who have come alive in Christ, those who have been raised to life in Christ, their dreams seem to match those who have not. It seems to me that most of culture is dreaming the same thing. It seems like culture in the world has hijacked our dreams. So our dreams sound like a bigger house or a bigger car or a bigger yard or a better job or, or well, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Famous? That's not something. That's not something. That's not a res- No, that's a result of something. Quit saying you want to be famous because then you'll be famous for the wrong reasons. If all you're trying to do is be famous, you will do all the wrong things to get there. Like, you need to have something better than famous or successful or have money. Like, our dreams seem, in fact, I have this quote. We'll throw it on the screen. I love this quote. It says, dreams by definition are supposed to be unique and imaginative. Yet the bulk of our population is dreaming the same dream. It's a dream of wealth and power and fame, plenty of sex, and exciting recreational opportunities. We, we're dreaming the same dream. That's not what God called us to. I mean, you read Hebrews 11. It doesn't say this guy did this and this guy did the same thing and this lady did the same thing and that guy did the same thing and this guy did the same thing and this lady did... Th-. No, no. This guy did this and then this guy did something totally different and then this lady did something totally different and then this guy did something totally different. Listen, the dream I have for your life is for your life so that we could all walk in what God's called us to walk in. So the dream has to be different. It's the highest dream. It's the highest thing. And here's my question to you. Do you believe God's dream for your life is smaller than the world's? Do you believe God's belief for you is smaller than what the world believes for you? Cuz we tend a lot, we tend to live that way, don't we? We tend to walk that way, talk that way. Man, well, if the, I, you know, I just I need another car. I need more cars. I need more of a house. I need another relationship. I need another thing. And here's God going, no, 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 no. Don't think bigger. Think higher. Think further. What is God putting in emotion in your life? Because it is more than just for now. It is forever. I want you to dream a different dream. I want to read a couple verses, and I'm going to close. There's a lot of things we could talk about With this verse, a lot of things we could share. Colossians 3 1 through 2 says this. Now I'm just going to prove that Paul didn't just say this one time. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things where? Above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Don't pray bigger, pray higher don't necessarily think bigger, think above. For many of you, the the solution to your frustration is is not to dream more or to think more, to pray more. It's to dream higher, to think higher, to pray higher, to put your minds above, to put your minds in heaven, to put your heart in heaven, to put who you are and what you're doing with him. See, some of the reason you're frustrated is you're living a dream that was never meant for you. You're trying to attain a dream that was never created for you. You, You're you're trying to be in that relationship because that's what you think the world tells you you're supposed to be in. You're trying to be in that house because that's what success looks like. You're trying to have that thing because if I could just get another job, if I could just get another thing, can I just tell you, and this is where it's really really unfair, because, and this is how you know that maybe culture has hijacked our dream, because for many of us in this room, in fact, for all of us in this room, The dreams we get to dream when it comes to the American dream and the Western dream is a dream that most of the world could never, ever, ever, ever dream. So are we saying that what God wants for us is only meant for a segment of the population of the earth? Of 7 billion people, there's only a few of us that could dream the right kind of dream. Or should we be dreaming higher? That maybe the career I have is only a part of the calling I have. Maybe the, the things I have are just a, uh, an avenue through which I can become who I'm called to become. Maybe you're in that place of work, not so you can make money, but so that you can make disciples. I know that sounds crazy, but maybe there's somebody sitting right next to you that's frustrated about life, who has no hope, who's thinking about going home and ending it all. And you know why you're there? It's not to do a job. It's to reach somebody. I want you to think higher, I want you to believe further, now, now this, Romans 12 talks about this as well, and I'm going to close with this, because your freedom is not found in living the dream that the world is shaped for you, it's found in living the dream God has created for you. Do not be conformed, but be transformed, you know why you're tired? It's not because you're doing too much stuff, it's because you're doing the stuff you never meant to do, because being conformed to this world is tiring, it's hard. It's pressure, man. It is, it's work. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to say these words. I'm not supposed to speak up about these things. I'm not, man, I oh, it's hard to be conformed. But if you would be transformed, Romans 12 says it like this in the message translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. That's nice, right? Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Take everything, every thought, whether it's high or low, take every thought, take every prayer, take every dream and put it before God. Take everything you are and put it before God. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted. Mm. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And I know some of you don't like that word maturity. You're going, I don't know, I, but do you know like when, if, if, my, if my life insurance matures or if my savings account matures, you know what that means? It's ready to pay out. Maturity is not a bad thing. It just simply means you're ready. So what God is trying to get you to is a place of maturity in spirit and mind and heart so that you would be ready to do what God has called you to and planned for you. So you can either be conformed to this world and its dream for you or you can believe that God's created a dream and a thought and a prayer for you and begin to put that in front of him. And allow the high things to shape the low things. Allow heaven to shape earth. Allow yourself to be shaped by who he is. And how we do that is all found. It's all found at that first part of Ephesians 3. The verse 20. That's right there at the beginning. In fact, it's at the end too. It says this, according to his power that works in us. We don't want to give him the inside of us. We'd rather tell, tell us what to do and how to do it and when to do it. We'd rather him be a guy who goes, no, uh-huh, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why do we gravitate to that? It's not because uh, we, we like it. It's because it keeps us from having to surrender the inside of us, the part that's vulnerable, the part that's weak, the part that's scared about some things, the part that's fearful of some things, the part that's doubting some things, the part that's pushing away some things, the part that's saying, you know what, I'm just going to keep it like this because that way I can be a bit more comfortable. I can be a little well-adjusted to where I am. And, and God's going, no, no, no. I need, you to, I need you to surrender that to me. Every, you, everything you think about your career, everything you think about your family, everything you think about this relationship, everything you think about your children, everything you think about your spouse, everything you think about what success looks like, and every time you think about this and dream about this and pray about this, I need you to put that in front of me, and I'll give you three words, three words, and it's right at the beginning of Ephesians 3.20. Now to him. Now. It's always present. It's always present tense. Now, now, now to him. How do you let God shape your dreams and your prayers and your thoughts? Now, right now, like today. Like actually right now while I'm talking, go ahead, you can do your thing. It's okay. You can pray now, to. It's an action. It's a decision. It's intentional. It's purposeful. It's I'm, I'm going to step into. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to him now, right now, Right now, presently, I'm going to be purposeful and move towards God. Because if I draw near to him, James 4, 7 and 8 says, that if I would confess my sins and I would, if I would draw near to him, he would what? Draw near to me. Right now, to him. Now the bookend of this, this awesome verse is, now to him be the glory in the church and in Christ forever. Amen. So really, at the end of the day, a high dream is a hymn dream. A high dream is what gives God the most glory. A high dream is what gives God the most praise. A high dream is when people see my good works and praise the Father who made me. The high dream, the high dream. The further dream, the different dream. Don't keep dreaming bigger. Don't keep sitting down writing all the plans. I need you to just go where God is. I need you to go think higher. I want to put my mind on things that are above. I want to put my heart on things that are above. And if I would surrender myself everything I am, I would no longer be so well adjusted to this culture that I would actually begin to have my thinking changed so that I can begin to see the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. So that I would be mature in Christ, able to do that all he's called me to. Not just for now, but forever so that there's another Habakkuk a hundred years from now, three hundred years from now going, man, do in me what you did in them. Do in my church what you did in that church. Do in my city what you did in that city. Come on, I want you to do among us what you did among them. I want to see a higher dream. Come on, let's stand up. Let's worship the Lord. where there was no way